Welcome inside the Battle of Ontario Tuesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, your home for the Eastern Conference update on Locked On NHL. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Mike DiStefano, and we're now less than two weeks away from the NHL trade deadline. So we're going to take a look, especially in the East, the top eight, pretty clear cut. So which one of those teams must make at least one, maybe more moves to certify themselves as legit contenders then as we do on every locked on nhl eastern conference show we're going to take a peek at our locked on power rankings who should move up and down based on where they were last week all that plus some stories from around the league this is the locked on nhl podcast your team every day On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen on this Tuesday, March eighth. And Mikey, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Feels like we've passed the dog days of winter, and we're gearing up for playoff runs. How's it going? How you been enjoying the last week of NHL action? Yeah, this is this is what you and I love. It's trade deadline, it's draft, and it's free agency. Three the three biggest and best holidays on the NHL calendar in terms of off ice stuff. And this stuff, it's really starting to heat up. It's starting to pick up. You're hearing a lot more names get thrown out into this tra- stratosphere of trade talks. It's really starting to get uh, interesting. So we're going to take a look at some of the guys around the NHL, some of the teams rather, and what they might do and who needs to make some moves. Before we get into it, let me tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Rossi? Yes, sir. I was actually on on, uh, Rock Auto the other day. Easy to navigate website. Absolutely love it. It's not going to be easy to navigate who's buying and who's selling in the West right now. Things are a lot more tight than they are in the east but with these eight teams man i'm trying to decide who needs what and to me i'm immediately drawn to the new york rangers mikey like this is a team and we're a goalie friendly show on locked on senators and i'm a big proponent of igor shesterk and we talked about him last week potentially getting that heart trophy we haven't seen a goalie win one of those since carrie price more than five years ago however despite how well they're doing now relying on him to make save after save you know if he lets in two goals on less than 36 shots in his next game his save percentage is going to go down that's how dominant he's been so far this year but i think they need to add a forward or two mikey i'm all on board for them being all in on whether it's claude Giroux, tomash hurdle i think the rangers need to do something yeah, I can see the Rangers being a team that that should want to do something as well. They've got a real opportunity to shore up uh, that 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 group. Really, they already have so much talent, but they have so much depth in their system in which they can deal from. Like if they want to move on from a Capo Caco or a Niels Lundqvist, their Alexander Georgiev is a guy who's being talked about a lot for maybe some of those teams that might need a, a goaltender of the future. He's an RFA. They've got some pieces to make a sizable deal. So it's not just the fact that it fits a need in terms of they probably are going to want to address some, some stuff, whether it's the blue line or up front, but they have pieces to make, you know, get some deals done. But for me, when I look at a team that I believe needs to do something, 
I got to look right in my backyard here with the with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And this isn't necessarily me being a homer because I host Locked On Leafs. Ross, you can attest to it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the Leafs need to address a couple of things. But that blue line, I don't think as constructed, is going to be able to hold up in the playoffs in the Atlantic Division. And in this, so I, if they don't do that and they don't get a defenseman, I don't really know exactly how far this team's going to go. So for me, the Maple Leafs are a team that certainly is going to have to make a move here. But who are they going to get? That's the big question. I mean, who are some of the big names that you like out there that have been thrown around that might be attached to this team? Well, first off, you don't think Ilya Labuchkin's the big the big rush? You don't think he's enough to get it done? I saw you've been uh, in awe over a few of his plays on the back end. The Russian bear. I do like what I'm seeing out of the Russian bear, but I, I, he can't be the only addition that they make. It's a nice little depth piece that shores up the bottom pair, but I don't see him coming in and being you know the stabilizer in the top four that they need. And especially with the injury to Jake Muzzin, there's even more you know questions about that defensive unit so no I, as much as i appreciate the deal to go on and get you know Ilya labushkin and i think he's been a solid addition so far he's exactly pretty much comes as advertised he's stout defensively he mauls you there was a play he made the other night uh when they were playing columbus where he literally went and like tackled a guy who was trying to pounce on a rebound and the Leafs don't have a lot of that they don't got a lot of snarl so I like that, but they need to add somebody else on top of that. You know, the Josh Manson is a name that keeps getting brought up here. Do they go big fish hunting and maybe try and swing and get a deal for Jacob Chikrin, perhaps, especially if Muzzin is going to be a bit of a, a question mark going forward. Maybe you fortify the left side and you get a, a good young up and coming defenseman with term. You get that the player like him. I think that could be a possibility, and it's been thrown around a little bit today, today and yesterday, you know, in the Toronto radio sphere of Jacob Tricker and, and the Leafs, if they're going to part with any of their big-time assets, whether it's their first, second, couple of prospects, it's going to be for someone with term and somebody like Chikrin. Are you still, so last time I was working on the Leafs beat, it was do not touch Nick Robertson. Do you think he would be a guy who would be in play if you are going hunting for a guy like Chikrin? If he's got term, yeah. Like so Chikrin, yes. The other names that are being thrown out there, Giordano, Klingberg, Sherratt, like those rental players, I don't think Nick Robertson's going to be involved in a deal like that, um, especially since he's now in a top six role with the Maple Leafs. I think the only way that they're going to be able to pry opposing teams are going to pry Nick Robertson away from Toronto is if you get a, a young controllable defenseman, top four defenseman back. So Jacob Chikrin is a guy there. There's not as much that you can really think about. Like if they can somehow swing a sign and trade for a Hampus Lindholm, maybe you could try and, and do that. Like if you can speak to Lindholm, Ooh, send them uh, back to Cali for Nick uh, Robertson. He's a Cali Robert, boy. Yeah, you could send him right back to California. Absolutely. And bring him uh, Lindholm in. But again, that's going to, obviously they're going to need to have some sort of extension in place to make that happen. So it, I don't know. I don't think they're going to move on from a guy like Nick Robertson, but we'll see what ends up happening there. But a deal does need to be made at some point. Well, the Leafs' good drafting has also opened some doors. I mean, obviously, we're praying for the health of Rodian Amirov. He's a guy who certainly won't be in any sort of trade rumors. But you're looking at a third-round pick from 2020 in Topi Niemela, who's a guy who I'm sure lots of teams will be calling and having a lot of value in. Their second-round pick, Matthew Nyes, this past year, they've elevated their stock since being drafted. So those are some 
found money, for lack of a better term, getting guys in the late 50s, early 60s to use that as a, a number one or number two asset in a, in a bigger trade. I think they've set themselves up for that. But certainly, if I'm looking at them on paper, how much have you been blaming the the poor defense, for example, or maybe not ideal defense, whereas you can look from the outside and just see the save percentage numbers and a lot of people draw conclusions just that, hey, stop the puck and things might be a little different. Yeah, no, certainly the they're, they're both at fault. Goaltending has been a major concern here. I just don't really know where they can go. Like the only goalie that's on the market right now that I would see as a legitimate upgrade would be Marc-Andre Fleury. But it mm-hmm. sounds like the flower doesn't want to leave Chicago. He's got a no move and he's. Yeah, that's peculiar. Yeah, which I find to be a bit strange, but he doesn't want to move his family twice in one year. Right? So I, I, you got to respect that. So if, if, if Flurry's out of the equation, I don't think there's another goalie on the market that comes in and is a surefire upgrade right. on Campbell and Mrazic. So if that's the case, I think you're just rolling with the goaltending and you hope that you can supplement the play in front of them. And hopefully one of these two rebounds because they're not as bad as they've been of late i think since december for since january 6th or january 8th the worst save percentage in the nhl like an 867 save percentage since january 8th it's not good to say like the last two months it's not good at all um but again i just don't know if they can go out and really address that through the trades i think they're gonna have to try and supplement it through better play in front of them in my estimation. And they've tightened up a little bit. Getting Labushkin obviously helps, but I think a solid top four guy who could play some big minutes and could be a little bit more of a, a you know, a, a guy who can move bodies in front of the net. Battling traffic has been a bit of an issue as of late for these goaltenders and clearing the mm. net front for some of these defenders has been a little bit uh, lacking, I guess we could say. So to me, in my estimation, I think a defenseman would be better served than, you know, rolling the dice on a Georgiev or going and getting a, a Hlock or a Holpe, where it's just also going to be more question marks on them. I mean, there hasn't been a trade between Ottawa and Toronto since Dion Phaneuf came and to the nation's Don capital. is also not the answer. You don't think. I mean, you're looking at the guy with the fourth best save percentage in the National Hockey League over the last 20 games. Like, it's easy to talk out yourself out of it. He's also making under a million dollars. We know the Leafs are always right up against the cap. So Ross, it's just me interesting to me. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Go and look at the 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 twenty game stretch at the beginning of the season of Jack Campbell, and let me know if that's a guy who you also think is a is a stud all star goaltender compared right, to right. But I'm not I'm not saying that you're going to be giving up a lot to get him. But when you're looking at a situation where your goal, you just said they have the worst save percentage in the league, and we all put in our trade baits for going into locked on NHL and we had Anton Forsberg. And if you're the senators, you're probably looking at like a third round pick. So talk about a low cost of acquiring a guy who's put up a nine thirty save percentage right now. I'm not talking about the start of the year and falling off as of his last game where he allowed one right. goal on 42 shots against the Vegas golden Knights, a Jack Eichel last second goal is the only one that t- turns that into a loss. Like I think he could be a good buy low candidate if you aren't sold on two goalies in the system. Yeah, maybe just to give you a little bit more insulation there, kind of like they did last season with David Riddick, where they rolled the dice and got themselves a solid third goaltender. Maybe someone who could, I guess, compete and make their way into the conversation to enter the tandem, maybe a trio of goalies and figure (laughs) out which one can make it work and someone can run away with it. If it's only going to be like a mid-round pick for a guy like Anton Forsberg, then yeah, perhaps that could end up working out. But again, I I just – 
it, it it's also just another question mark. Like these guys, I'm more so focused on adding to a defenseman who's going to play 20, 22 minutes a night in the top four, who is a little bit more of a ruggedness to them. All right, let's uh, quickly take a break here and let's hear from one of today's show sponsors before we continue here on the Lockdown NHL podcast. And that is betonline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball is full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach is going to be landing, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Write to your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, Mikey, so the... NHL trade deadline, it's heating up. I like what you said with the Leafs getting that 20, 22-minute-a-night defenseman. But beyond that, I want to ask you about the two Florida teams because they're going back and forth, jumping over each other for number one in the Atlantic. Which of those two teams do you think needs to make a move, if either, at this point in the year? Do either of them need to make a move? Maybe not, because they're two of the best teams in the NHL, but I'm sure both of them would like to make a move. It'll be interesting to see what Tampa does, because I think they're a team who their depth kind of got decimated throughout the offseason. That entire third line, which was tremendous depth uh, during the last two cup runs, actually, really uh, gone, right? Yanni Gord gone, Blake uh, Coleman gone, and then who was the third one that was on that line that's also no longer there? Tyler Johnson's no longer there. Like, a lot of guys have been taken away from their depth, and Corey Perry, another one of those players uh, who's filled in decently for them, but I still think that they sh- probably would like to address that and go and get some more depth players um, who can play a solid two-way game. For the Florida Panthers, I still look at that blue line, and they have a lot of overachievers right now. Guys like Gustav Forsling, who are playing unbelievable minutes. Uh, Radko Gudis is playing some of the best hockey that he's played. Is this sustainable? Or should you go out and get somebody else, like a Ben Sherratt type of player? Maybe they're in the in the market for Jacob Chikrin. I know that they've got some picks and prospects that they'd be willing to deal away to try and get a deal done there as well. So I see them maybe looking to tinker with the blue line. I know Owen Tippett is a name that's been out there a lot. Claude Giroux is a name that has been linked to them as of late. Owen Tippett, people are kind of making those comparisons. I think they saw Clutch Fletcher, uh, Chuck Fletcher, was at a Panthers AHL game taking a peek at Whoa. Uh, so yeah, that could be in the works. Maybe a Claude Giroux going uh, down to South Beach, perhaps, perhaps. But if I think if there's one of these two teams that are going to swing big, I think it'd be the Florida Panthers over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, although from Tampa Bay's perspective, I forget which it's a legendary coach or, or GM. I'm blanking on it right now, but he said that even when you're winning you still want to change things up just to keep things fresh. So if you're the lightning, maybe a little fresh blood in there, a guy, but obviously you'd have to worry about the cap and all those ramifications. But I wonder if they don't come out of the darkness because they're a team that has a great program down in in Syracuse as well. And they just churn out these unknown middle round guys. And you wonder if maybe they move a couple of them to try to just inject some new blood, but they are so, so good. Both those teams. We'll, we'll be so lucky if we get another playoff series between those two because that was so much fun last year. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, round one would be 
the preference <laughs> people out in Toronto, I'm sure, have the Florida teams play. Each you other want Boston? You want Boston? You I haven't seen much, that story before? Yeah, I I think Maple Leafs fans would much rather a crippled Boston Bruins team uh, with no Sedano Chara now over either of those teams in uh, in Florida. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, very fair. No Krejci either, and it's been a turnover definitely since the days of uh, it was side note. One. Side note. Side note. How much are you willing to put a little bit of a sprinkle at Bet Online on Jeremy Swayman entering the Calder candidacy no. here? No, I don't think so. It's a cute story, but to me, and I've seen it firsthand. Like 2015, I was banging on the table the Hamburglar run that Mark Stone had to win Rookie of the Year, and I saw how voting typically the tie goes to the defenseman. And Aragon Eckblad won it that year, 18 years old. What most Sider is doing in Detroit right now on like a pretty bad team. It's unbelievable. To me, he's the runaway favorite, and I don't think anybody's even entering the conversation, at least for me. So to answer your question, I wouldn't even waste a dollar on that bet. He's like leading – like he's behind Shesterkin, and, and that's it. Like goals yeah. against, 203 goals against. He's got an unbelievable save percentage. Like look, this guy, there's a possibility here that uh, they've got themselves a pretty good goalie coming out of the Tuka Rask era into the Jeremy Swayman era. He's got a 927 save percentage too. I just think it's a, it seems like most, uh, most people haven't been talking about him in the rookie of the year race, but I, I think he deserves a little bit more respect and might not win it. But I think if he keeps it going and now that Tuka Rask is out of the question, out of the picture, and it's his crease at this point, there's a chance that he ends up on the ballot. Uh, if not a real consideration to win this thing. And if it happens, you heard it here first. What's today? There March, you go. March 8th. And, and you can get those odds probably at a pretty decent number at this point. And if he goes on to win, you're welcome. And let me know. I'll take my cut. He was sick last year, too. Only played 10 games, but at a 945. So you're looking at a guy who's got a 932 save percentage over 36 NHL games. I still, as we're talking about goalies, Calder, and Detroit, still funny to me that Alex Nedeljkovic, because of the shortened season, was nominated for the Calder last year and still eligible for the same trophy this year. Makes no sense. Yeah, that is, uh, that's rather silly. Rather silly there. Um, what about you? Is there is there so, another team out here in the East that you think is going to, maybe someone out in the Metro? We spent a lot of time talking mm-hmm. about the Atlantic Division, but you know, outside of the Rangers, who you already are pretty high on, that they need to make a move. What about Washington? What about Pittsburgh? Is Pittsburgh a team that you think are, are, could be all in and try to make a deal here? Where in that division do you think a a sizable move could be made? Yeah, it's just really interesting because if we're just looking at the Metropolitan, you have an eight-point gap between Pittsburgh, who's currently in third, and Washington, who's the second wildcard team. So I don't know if Washington, like, are they going to push in? I guess it's for the playoffs anyways. It's not necessarily. I don't know why I'm a little low on Washington this year. and Maybe it's just that Samsonov took a bit of a step back. and they're just sending. Yeah, they, they're just not the team that they were last year. Now, albeit they still have a, a plus nine better goal differential than Boston, the team they're battling for here in terms of wildcard positioning. But Pittsburgh, to me, is always interesting because you know as long as Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang are there, the window's still open. And Brian Burke's known to be a guy who pushes the chips into the middle. And I'm sure he'll be whispering in Ron Ekstall's ear saying, hey, we have a generational talent or two with Malkin being right in there at the same conversation, we need to do something as well. I'll tell you one thing, though, for free, Claude Drew will not be waving. It's no trade no. to go play there after all their battles 
over the years. But I do think, and I say that tongue in cheek, of course, because I do think it's more on the back end that Pittsburgh could use a little help. Now, Tristan Jari, what a bounce back for him. But are they a team that could maybe use an Anton Forsberg? Because Dave the Smith, I don't know how much faith I have in him. I'm still convinced Forsberg's going to Colorado just after seeing Hutchinson and Andrew Hammond start second round playoff games for them in the past couple of years. Joe Sackett cannot get burned with what he has right now with goaltending. But that that aside, I think that Pittsburgh could be in the market for a goalie and or a defenseman. But to them, they saw that that depth can be an answer on the back end as well because they won that cup in 2017 without yeah. Chris Letang for a good portion of it, right? Ron Hainsey was munching minutes on the back end. So I think for them, they're probably looking at about like a four, five, six defenseman, a couple of those guys, and, and really just insulate the unbelievable offense that they have on this team. So uh, in terms of Metro, I'll probably lean towards Pittsburgh. But again, my answer is the New York Rangers. With all that cap flexibility they have, with all that depth and prospects to use as trade capital, it would be ridiculous for them to waste the year they're getting from Shesterkin without going and giving themselves the best chance. There hasn't been much talk or uh, like rumors when you talk about it with mm-hmm. the hurricanes. Like, are yeah. the hurricanes involved in anything? Like, I don't hear it like if they might just be comfortable with their team, with their squad, and they should be. They're the best team in the Eastern Conference right yeah. now. So, they absolutely very well, you know, should be okay with them, okay with the way that team is built. But, you know, that's a team too where I look and I'm like, what if they just got one more piece of offense? Like, just someone else to go up there and, and, and really just rip the puck you know what i mean like i, I can't quite put my finger on i'm taking a look at tsn's trade bait board like well, while, they, while you do that mikey if if carolina's up to something pierre lebron will be all over it we know he's got quite the the tight uh knit bond with uh ownership in carolina i feel like whenever there's a scoop for the hurricanes lebron's got it, got it first he's got it yeah yeah you're right he does uh he does have it there but you know, a name that's interesting, and I don't know if they want to go term, if they want – well, I don't know what they would want realistically. Like, let me let me, let me pull up their roster, and let's just see what they got cooking with right now, the Carolina Hurricanes. Because, I like, they have a stout defensive unit. Like, they yes. have one of the best defensive, like, six-man units in the NHL. So I don't necessarily think that the blue line is where they will want to add. Like, I could see them maybe just getting some depth, guys, but – realistically up front you get just a little bit more punch maybe someone who's got a little bit more jam to him like what about uh because right now it looks like jordan martinuk is sitting on their second line what if they went out and got like a max domi max columbus you know he had a good game the other night against uh the toronto maple leafs like what if they went out and try and got themselves a a domi or um someone else who's on the market uh i think i also saw who else is out here that potentially had fill the thrill you go get yourself a fill the thrill brandon <laughs> Hagel in chicago actually brandon Hagel would be a decent little piece he's got 30 points in 48 games this year and he's got two yeah, more years left on his contract after this one um very reasonable cap hit at one and a half million bucks and i was uh speaking with darren dreger earlier today though He's under the impression that if anyone's going to try and pry Brandon Hagel off the hands of the Chicago Blackhawks, it's going to cost him a first-round pick plus something else. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminiscent of uh, the Ryan Hartman acquisition a couple of years ago. Eh? Like a, kind of an unknown player, and if you're not paying attention to Chicago, and then all of a sudden he goes for a first-round pick, you're like, huh? But then, well, I mean, the rest is history. It took him a couple of years and an extra I was going to say, Nashville yeah. did not make out in that trade no. for sure. 
Um, they but speaking of Nashville, is Philip Forsberg a guy that we could see in like a hockey type trade where both teams, Nashville's still definitely in it, but it sounds like they're actively ch- shopping him at least to a certain extent. Now, he's a guy who I would love to see a team go and could it be Carolina? We know they they love their Scandinavians from Ajo to Teravine and even, um, I, I feel like I'm missing at least one, maybe two guys. Well, Aunt Freddie Anderson from Denmark, but yeah, right. all, all those guys. But hey, he would be a sick addition. And they've got some good prospects. But to, to just narrow it down without kind of nitpicking exactly who, we know that it's going to be offense, if anything, for Carolina. Because if you look on their back end, they've still got, I mean, say what you want about Brendan Smith as like a number six guy. But Tony D'Angelo here is, is going to be out for the next few weeks. So that's one of those like self rentals where he comes off the IR and gets right back to point producing what a what a move eh I mean say what you want about him off the ice but to lose Dougie Hamilton and exactly replace his production for a guy making one million dollars tiny bit of business it is it is and they got they got flack for it uh when they made the deal but you know he's already got 40 points quickly people forget once uh once they start going I think I haven't even checked, but I, I'm, he's probably been a little bit more settled when it comes to the, uh, oh, somebody, the Twitter Twitter fingers. Yeah, I, I so, somebody asked him about his thoughts on COVID or something, and he just smiled, and at least this was self-deprecating. He said, I think I'm the last person that people care about my opinion on these things. So yeah, at, least he, at least he's got he's got the muzzle on down there, but, man, he can walk the blue line with the best of them in the NHL. Like I said, 40 yeah. points. He'd be leading the Sens in points. Like, this guy, he's unreal at, at generating offense. One last name that I I, I might uh, be inclined to throw out there as a potential mm. trade target, maybe someone who can give you a little something down the middle or wing, depending on where you want to play him. But what about Paul Stasny, pending UFA? Yes, if Winnipeg falling out of it, I think that's a guy who want to chase a cup, and you could put him in your top six, top nine. I like that as as a little option there as well, potentially. Yeah, I mean, we'll save it for the boys on the Western Conference show, but Winnipeg intrigues me this uh, this trade deadline because they've got. The, did like, you hear? Did you hear reporter asking Blake Wheeler? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So Blake Wheeler was asked about it, and actually, I appreciated Blake Wheeler's response because the reporter he said, "Oh, are you look you fishing for a headline every day?" And he said, "Well, yeah, I'm a journalist. It's it's kind of <laughs> what we do." And he's like, "True." Okay, yeah. I'll give you an answer. And he gave like a, a half decent answer, and then yeah. Kind well, of- he's been around here. He's been with the. He's the last remaining Atlanta Thrasher to still be on the Jets now, eleven yeah. years later. Yeah. So I was actually at, I'm I'm based in Winnipeg now, and I was at his thousandth game earlier this year, and like you could just tell from the sense in the arena, like that guy means everything to the organization. And with his contract, he's not going anywhere, anyways. But you know what? An interesting name that could come out of nowhere is Mark Shifley. Still a term on his contract. They've got Pierre-Luc Dubois playing like a number one center. They've got Pierre-Luc Dubois with an RFA status at the end of this year. Just saying, they've been underproducing with this core. Is it time to shake things up? I don't know. Well, that's an interesting name. That's an interesting name. It's one. I'm taking it out of my back pocket. I have no insider info, no anything. But if I was in the position, that would be something I would explore. Right. Radio. All right. Uh, when we come back, let's uh, let's get to what we always get to our risers and fallers of the week. And 
We're going to start something a little different here on the show. It's our Eastern Conference Team of the Week. So you've got a team that you want to pump their tires for a couple of minutes. We'll do that when we return. Before we get to there, though, why don't I tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for your parts from chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family owned business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They got everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. Go uh, explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box at the note they sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, Mikey. So, team of the week. Just from the last time we spoke, so we get out the sca- the standings, you know, you, you just put it in from last Tuesday to this Tuesday. It's just a little bit different than the power rankings, though, because that you have to take into account the trends and still in the back of your mind, be like, okay, if this team is supposed to be a top five team, they might have gone 0-3 this week, but we're not just going to drop them out of the top 10, you know, where this... I'm just looking at the last week, and I was in the building for Igor Shosturkin's dominance, and not to keep going back to the Rangers, even though at betonline.net, I put a hefty penny on them to win the Eastern Conference playoffs, not regular season, but that guy is so good. He's given me the Rangers as the team of the week. They go 3-0 and this week as well, so perfection is tough to beat, but when you're a goalie like Shosturkin right now, man, I am riding every single game he starts. For the rest of the year, I will be at betonline.net. Yeah, that's my team of the week, too. I don't think we can, you know, it'd be tough to argue anybody else, like what this mm. team is doing, what Shesterkin is doing. And guess who's sneakily starting to pick up some points here? Hmm. Mr. Uh, Mr. Number one overall pick himself, Alexi Lafreniere, finally starting to look sim- like somewhat like the number one pick that he was touted and expected to be. I'm just going to pull up his numbers from the last calendar month here with the with the New York Rangers because I've been keeping on track and keep an eye on this guy. I've got a couple of his rookie cards, so I'm quite literally <laughs> invested in uh, in the success of him. And when you look at Alexi Lafreniere and what he's been able to do over the last little bit, um, he's finally starting to score. Yeah, and- I got the numbers right here if you want, Mikey. Five yeah, goals, seven points in his last 11 games. And since he played against Tim Stutzler, who scored in the game against Ottawa, he's got five points in six games since then. So definitely heating up. And that's great to see because if you'd watched him in junior, if you watched him at the World Juniors, you knew he was a great player. It was really unfortunate to see him kind of take – a little while to get used to the NHL level, but he'd also been more or less playing in that bottom six role. And That's now look at him. He's up there with Mika and he's doing his thing on the top line. Yeah. Now he's playing, you know, 15, 16, a little bit more than that uh, a night, depending on the day. So it's nice to see him finally starting to get the, you know, he's trying, he's finally getting the opportunities, I guess, yeah. which is what he wasn't getting before. Um, and that's clearly helping out when it comes to, to the successes here of late of the New York Rangers. All right. Well, now let's get to the power rankings here. Let's talk yeah. about a riser. Let's talk about a faller. Who is someone who you have rising up your rankings from last week and who you think will go up a little bit when the rankings release tomorrow uh, on the Locked On NHL Network? 
Yeah, so I'm just pulling them up right now because obviously Locked On Network, we've got your team every day for every single sport. So when I go over to at Locked On Network on Twitter, which you guys should all be following already, subscribe to all the shows like Locked On Leafs, like Locked On Senators, and all the half of it. But the beauty of the network is whenever something big happens, the feed just blows up with all the local reactions on that story. And of course, today, not to get off track, but today the story, of course, being Russell Wilson traded from the Seahawks to Denver. But we've made it to Locked On NHL power rankings. And for me, maybe this is just because I'm starting to pay a little bit more attention to them. But the Boston Bruins, to me, are making a, a nice little push here to be up around 10, 11. The Knights, I mean, despite their win against Ottawa, and Ottawa's on a five-game skid right now, so with a grain of salt, like they've got two wins in their last seven games before that. So I think that I could easily switch the Knights here with the Bruins. You mentioned it, maybe a little more ragtag than Bruins teams that we've seen in the past, but Allmark's starting to play better, and you already touched on Jeremy Swayman. So as that goaltending continues to improve, the results are coming as well. So my riser this week is the Boston Bruins, who last week stayed steady at 14. I could say I like to bump them up a couple spots here. Yeah, I, I that was the same team that I was thinking about bumping up as well as and pinpointing as my riser, just because you know, obviously here in Toronto, I we're keeping an eye on what's going on in Boston. And up until last night, they had closed the gap. There was only a two-point difference mm. between the Bruins and the Maple Leafs when it came to that final third position in the Atlantic Division. They lose last night. Maple Leafs win. They widen it ever so slightly. But that's a team that's really starting to nip at the heels of Toronto. They're no longer only looking forward. They now kind of got to look back a little bit at the Boston Bruins who are coming up behind them. So I think that's a team that's moving up, which means the team that I think may take a little trip. Oh, before you do, Mikey, I'll just, just to quantify a little bit more, since February 1st, they're the second best team in the National Hockey League in terms of points in the standings. Then we know teams play a different amount of games, but only Calgary has more points than Boston in the last month and eight days. There you go. There you go. And that's the Calgary team went on like a 10-game winning streak. So, yep. so there you go. That's the company that the Bruins are in uh, with right now. They did lose last night to the Kings in overtime, though. That was uh, that was a another, good game. But another, another team I'm following closely. Yeah, another team that is – Definitely playing some solid hockey right now. Um, when you look at the Fallers, though, I hate to say it, but I think the Maple Leafs might fall out of the, the top five. Oh. I just it's been in the top five for a little bit. I think, you know, how can you put them in there? They lost the the Buffalo Sabers six to one. It was just an absolute drubbing or five one rather, and then they lost to the Vancouver Canucks. They were leading 4-3 going into the third period, and they end up losing that game 6-4. to four. So, you know, two bit bad losses against two bad teams. Um, you look at the week prior, they lost to Montreal. They went out and they lost to Columbus. And it's just, it's been not great hockey as of late for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're not looking like a top-five team right now. So if I'm looking at a team that might slide a couple of spots, I think it's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're not going to slide far. Like they're not going to. I don't think they're going to get leapfrogged by Boston by any stretch of the imagination. No. But I can see them moving a couple of spots here. I mean, the obvious flip is right now Calgary at six. I think Calgary could jump up more than just that one spot. Although now you're in the elite of the elite. But we just touched on Calgary, the best team by far, thirteen one and one in their last fifteen games. Yeah, and they just beat the crap out of the Oilers again. 
last night as we were watching that. But again, this is the Eastern Conference edition. So stay tuned later in the week, Locked On NHL, for all the Western Conference needs. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me at Locked On Senators. That's Mikey DeStefano from Locked On Leafs. And you pick the Leafs. It's too easy for me to pick my Senators who've lost five in a row. Brutal four-game road trip. So I'm going to go and... I can't actually, I can't in good conscience. I was going to say the Caps. I mean, they only played two games this week. They won both of them, but I still think that as an overwhelming feeling, I just don't like where they're headed. Now the Red Wings had a little teaser where they're like, Oh, like they took an inch. It's like, okay, are we that far into the rebuild? Uh, Columbus too, though. Columbus too. They got a little bit close. I think they got to within eight points here of a, of a playoff spot. And then no loss to the Leafs the other night. And, I don't think that they're they're really close. Yarmo Kekalainen was on overdrive the other day, and even he's like, that's ah, it's a wide margin, but hey, we could do it. The team's bought, you know, they're playing well. Patrick Line playing the best hockey of his career, and you know, a little bit of lip service. Uh, but yeah. they're a team that surprised me. They're a young squad, and they've they also have Chicago's first uh, first round pick too. Oh, right, yeah, right. So in the unless, Seth Jones trade. Unless it's a unless it's the top two. If it's the top two picks then it goes to next season unprotected. So yeah. they just have to hope that Chicago doesn't win the lottery because yes. if it's, they don't win the lottery and they end up with, you know, a high pick in the, you know, between four and seven, let's say, that's a pretty solid, solid pick that they'll end up with. So. 100%. But yeah, my follow is going to, my faller is going to be the Detroit Red Wings. Like, obviously, we talked about it right before last week's show, that 10-7 game against Toronto. So, of course, that skews the numbers a little bit. But the Detroit Red Wings have allowed 36 goals in their last seven games, Mikey. 36 goals in their last seven games? Not a math guy here, but let's do some quick math. 36 divided by seven. They are averaging, giving up 5.14 goals against per game. That deserves to fall no matter where you are in the power rankings. They were at 20, and I could easily see them falling as low as 23 or 24. Yeah, I could see that happening as well. I think they're another solid team that could take a bit of a tumble down uh, down the rankings here. Before we go, you teased it actually just uh, coming into, into the show and into this segment for a moment. You talked about how the biggest news of the day was the Russell Wilson deal in the NFL specifically. If there is one player who you think could make a, a wave like that in the NHL that you think is a legitimate option who could be dealt here, if not maybe here in the offseason, who do you think that would be where it would just be such a massive seismic type of trade, like franchise-altering trade? Who do you think that would be? Who is well, the NHL let, equivalent of Russell Wilson? Well, let me ask you a question. Like, how deep into his career is Russell Wilson? Like, am I looking at a guy who's still, like, like 10 years into his, his career? Okay, so like, is Patrick Kane a fair answer to that question? That's my exact answer. No way. We've been on the same wavelength all show, eh? And this yeah. was not decided pregame, but to me, like, like Showtime Patrick Kane, like he, he's the kind of guy who brings fans to the seats. And again, like, who's the kind of team that could fit that cap? But if you look at the real money, like two point nine in real money for next year and four million dollars signing bonus, so you're paying this guy six point nine in real money, like if any team can get their hands on Patrick Kane, but just to give a different answer, let's see, looking back at the, uh, the NHL's uh, power rankings here, like who are the best players on the worst team, I guess is kind of the, the more realistic way to look at it. And a lot of the teams who are at the bottom right now are still in that. I mean, Carrie Price would probably be another, another, 
yeah, team, pray. another name at least that would be seismic where if he gets dealt. The thing is, too, like you just you, the only difference between Price and Russell Wilson is like Russell Wilson can still give you just like MVP esque play. Can Price still give you that? I'm not sure. We haven't seen him play in a long time. Yeah. Well, the last time he played, be healthy. Last time he played, he certainly deserved it. Now, th- this probably wouldn't qualify as well. And you know what? I'm not even going to say it because Dallas has been winning games. Like earlier in the year, you're looking at Pavelski. Could he be a guy to go? But he's already changed teams. If we're just talking about a guy who's like spent all of his career in one place, but it's like is now the time to go, there's there's not a whole lot of guys who have oh, that clout. Like there's great play- – yeah, Claude Giroux for sure. But, I mean, at this point, it's almost like the Carlson trade and the Stone trade for me at least because – yeah. They were talked about being traded for so long. It took away the the sting. Like, remember when Joe Thornton, this is going way back, but Joe Thornton was traded from Boston. It was like the most shocking thing. Nobody had heard rumors. Like, that sort of thing. PK Subban. There you go. Yeah, that's another example, right? There was that one. Um, I guess Man, you we're getting old, eh? If we have to do more modern examples, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Jeez, <laughs> we can even go even more modern if we want to say now. This one wasn't a surprise, but like Jack Eichel was a, a, yes. a big time trade as well. Um, like a superstar, we don't typically see those in the NHL, not like not like the NBA. No, and, uh, the NBA the NFL did it today. Would you qualify, uh, Dubois for Line in that conversation as well? I mean, that's two young up-and-comers who are both producing unbelievably. Um, I don't think I would because I, I, I wouldn't put them in the stratosphere at the time as like what Russell Wilson means True. to the NFL and what he meant to, to Seattle, right? And it's also – it's a quarterback. It's just it's, – it's, it's a little bit different. But um, that was definitely a, a big-time hockey deal that we don't see often. That, that, that's for certainty. Since since we're talking about Eastern Conference and and maybe this is just us kind of spitballing because everyone knows like the the common names, but you know who's got one year left on his deal after this one? Of course, he was in the news as a um, you know a guy who did the only unvaccinated player in the NHL and all that. But like I think Tyler Bertuzzi might be a guy who I wouldn't be as surprised to see him hop on uh, the trade plane uh, later on this season, the next couple of weeks. I mean, this guy's producing at a point per game clip, but. He's also, I don't think, in the same realm as the other guys in that rebuild who are probably a year or two further away. Like, I think Stevie Y could sell high on Tyler Bertuzzi. And he would also be like, talking about Carolina. How great of a fit would Tyler Bertuzzi be to play a top nine, top six role in there? Yeah, he would be a really good fit there as well. You know where he's not going to be going? To Canada. I yes. Think. But, um, Probably guarantee he won't be uh, come, coming north of the border in any type of trade. Uh, fun stuff, Ross. Fun yes. stuff as always. Always, always. We'll do it again next week. We're going to take a peek at the sellers. So if you haven't already, and some of us, I don't know if you've put out yours yet, the trade bait, but each of the shows, we did these quick little hitting videos giving you what you need to know ahead of the trade deadline. But on Locked on NHL, we're going to dissect the sellers and who could be on the move next week. Hopefully, and there's always one that sets the tone. Do you think? Let's leave with a little, a little uh, hang, hang nail or hang, hanging cliffhanger. There we go. I knew I'd get there eventually. Will there be an NHL trade, but like between NHL players before we record next Tuesday? Yes. Okay, holding it to it. A week before the deadline, we'll chat to you then. For Mike DeStefano of Locked On Leafs, I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me Locked On. Senators send central on Twitter and locked on Leafs or Mickey underscore Canuck. Thanks for listening to the locked on NHL podcast and 
make another Locked On Show your second listen of the day because you know we've got your team every day.